As always, welcome to Hungry to Learn. My name is Birga. Today's episode brought to you by a church parking lot where you may hear a lot of background noise, but this is a small window of time I have between meetings to get this recording done. I want to continue to be consistent with recording this on Fridays for those of you that have enjoyed listening in. All right, today I want to talk about the big question, is it worth saving? Well, if you've ever been in a car accident in a later model car, you've probably experienced the very big frustration of dealing with an insurance company that has now declared that your car that used to be great for you, that got you everywhere you needed to go, it has now been deemed unworthy of repair. So they say, the insurance company that is, that the cost to restore the vehicle has exceeded a certain percentage of its value but the money that the insurance company is going to give you in exchange for your totaled car doesn't allow you to find anything that is an equally reliable source of transportation without having to put forward a bunch of extra money. This kind of scenario also plays out sometimes with buildings. There might be an older property that needs a considerable amount of repairs, and rather than do the repairs, the building just gets leveled in order to build a new and improved version of that building. So long gone is the charm and the character of the old, and it is replaced with all things that are new and shiny and energy efficient. You know, a couple of years ago, my husband and I were out on a walk in a neighborhood where we don't live, and we passed the home that used to belong to my great-grandparents. Now, they had long since passed away, and I had no connection whatsoever with the person who lived there currently. And we were standing there talking about the house and looking at it. And as we were standing there, a man comes out from underneath the porch. He was wet with sweat and he had very clearly been digging. And he became curious as to why we were looking at his house. And I explained its historic connection to my family. And then he shared that the home had been built on a log foundation, which had completely rotted away. So he was now having to dig out space to lay a concrete foundation under the standing house. Well, there'd been a number of times since we had that encounter that I wondered why he would take the time and the effort to do it. And I, you know, I would love to see the home stand and and to stay there in good condition, but that wasn't the case with this particular house. It looked like it had been in very poor condition. Uh, Very little had been done to improve upon it. And I couldn't even begin to imagine the huge cost that would be associated with this type of an undertaking. But it wasn't until this week that I actually learned that that particular house is considered a historic property. So there is probably a huge long list of regulations and compliances that need to be met in regarding to that house. Maybe he was just outright prohibited from knocking it down and rebuilding in that space. I don't really know. But there's experts in the automotive and the housing industries that have the authority to come up with these formulas and determine value for what warrants a repair or a replacement. Probably you can appeal decisions that you disagree with, but by and large, somebody that has really no intimate knowledge of the car or the house or the building is the one that gets to determine its worthiness. And so my question was, have we as people in some capacity taken on a really similar mentality when it comes to dealing with others around us? Do we assess their outward appearance, like look at their bruises and their dents and determine if they're valuable enough for us to bother with? I have to shamefully admit that I have on a couple of occasions fallen prey to this kind of thinking. I'll look at someone and just, 
I will determine that their baggage is just too taxing and I don't want to spend any of my valuable time on an individual who doesn't seem to need or appreciate my efforts. But the big problem lies in my thinking that a flawed person or a broken person is a project. This is nothing like restoring an old car. Instead, it's a lot like climbing into the passenger seat of someone's life and choosing to be a willing traveling partner on their journey. There's going to be times when that person could potentially drive in a reckless manner that your own safety really comes into jeopardy. You might actually have to bail out in order to protect yourself. But despite how many times that individual drives up to the edge or even drives over a cliff, we are never empowered to look at the wreckage of their life and determine its value, no matter how depleted we think it is. Thank God, and I mean that very literally, that we aren't given the authority to assess each other's worth. Even with the best of intentions, we have really corrupted scales when we try to measure the good and the bad part of each other's lives. You know, our spreadsheets would ultimately be balanced in favor of men and women of prestige. We'd give them high marks for wealth or position or good works. But God instead really looks at the lowliest, most broken and despised among us and says, that one is worth saving. There is no level of drug addiction, mental breakdown, or physical deformity that's going to alter his love and desire for relationship with them. The fascinating thing about God's valuation system is that it's preset for our benefit. He pays the full cost of the restoration. It really is amazing grace. It is God's unmerited favor. God bless you. Have a great week. You are listening to Hungry to Learn. You can always check out more at the website hungrytolearn.com.